Our guest today says her young daughter was literally snatched from her arms in a thwarted abduction attempt at a local grocery store. She believes her daughter was targeted for child sex trafficking. She now has started two amazing organizations to educate and equip moms to protect their children from predators. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hi, moms. I'm Debbie Carulitis, your host. And thank you once again for joining us on the Moms for America podcast. We're always so glad uh, that you join us every week. So first here on the top of the show, we would like to invite you to like and to subscribe to our podcast. We also want to ask that you share this podcast with your mama friends in your mama circle. Uh, another great show coming up today on an incredibly important topic. Also, I want to invite all of our moms that are listening to join our movement here at the Moms for America uh, website. Uh, our movement is amazing. We are moms just like you, uniting all across the country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. So please come on over, join our tribe. Uh, you can check out all of our information on our website at momsamerica.us. Again, that is momsamerica.us. We would love to have you a part of our family here at Moms for America. Alrighty, on to today's program. Today, Amanda Florzakowski is joining us, and she's a best-selling author. She has also founded two organizations, Able Moms, and vigilant families. But this is a metamorphosis for Amanda because it wasn't all that long ago that she was living basically a private life in East Texas, raising her growing family. But as we know it, life can surely change rapidly. And for Amanda, well, all it took was a brief interaction with a stranger at a local grocery store that propelled her into a very public person with a new purpose and a passion to protect children. All righty. Welcome, Amanda, to the Moms for America podcast. We are so glad to have you. And uh, I cannot wait to get into your story and what God has done and what God is doing. So welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, girl. Tell me a little bit about your family first, if you don't mind. We'd love to know, uh, you know what everybody's sure. tribe looks like. <laughs> sure. Yes, I'm grateful. So I'm married to an entrepreneur and business owner. We have five children. Our oldest is 14. Our youngest is two. So I'm a wildly busy mom. Busy, I busy. Have, um, <laughs> yes. We live here in the Colorado Springs and our recent transplants from Austin, Texas. Wow, mama. So you're busy. Um, you know, you love to yes. see this when moms have a, a full quiver, but they're still <laughs> able, right? There's this fake news that you're not able to do what God calls you to do. Corporate your family, right. build your family first, and then... Uh, you know, take advantage of whatever opportunities God puts your way. So uh, you're, you're a very inspiring yes. story and our moms are going to love this today. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into um, the backstory on what happened to you in a grocery store back in February of 2016 um, with your baby, uh, your little two-year-old daughter, if I understand that correctly. Yes. So this time, seven years ago, actually, I was in our local grocery store in uh, the Texas area 
And since we don't have time for the full story, I'll just kind of zero in on the actual interaction with two of what I believe are the four individuals um, in as part of this trafficking ring. They yeah. were at the the front of a checkout and just kind of tarrying. And I noticed that they had very few items. And so I ushered them to go ahead of me. And immediately the woman of this duo turned around and struck up a conversation with me about my daughter. And I initially thought that was a little bizarre because every mom knows that when you have this brand new cooing, squirmy, chubby baby, most people will acknowledge the baby first, or at the very least, both of the kiddos, but not the older child only. And Mm -hmm. so she started asking very probing questions about my daughter. Um, One in particular, she wanted to know how old she was. So I'm loading the belt, Deb, and I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of having this court, this interaction with her thinking that she's just being friendly because she's grateful that I let her go ahead. And so I'm responding. She's almost three. And by the third time she asked me the same question, I look up from loading the belt and I realize that she is turning over her shoulder She's responding to the man that she's with in a different language. And then she's Mm. turning back to talk to me. So she's, it dawns on me, she's interpreting. Uh I'm actually having an unwanted conversation with this man. And you're starting to feel a little, you're starting to feel a little uncomfortable, right? Your mama, your sensey spies Um, are like, okay, what's going on here? Right. Wildly uncomfortable. And I think sometimes as um, moral people, we desire to be really friendly and make sure we're not offensive and, and love people well. And so that was kind of going on in the back of my head. Well, at the same time, I'm ignoring all of the cautions. And we know now on the other side of this, that, uh, Giga Renzer, a famous psychologist made caution really popular with the development of his book. And then it was picked up by other New York times bestsellers later, identifying that even scientifically, it is wildly important not to ignore our caution. So I think that would be my first heed to your audience listening today is as a mother, never ignore what's going on inside. And so, you know, right, Amanda, no one ever thinks that something crazy is going to happen to their child when you're shopping at a grocery store in your area. So we don't naturally think that way, but we do feel that Holy Spirit kind of just prompting us saying, something isn't correct here. So she then kind of proceeds and asks to hold your baby. Like she just now wants to get her hands on your child. Mm -hmm. So I had taken my daughter out of the cart and placed her on the ground so she could get all of her wiggles out before we drive home. Mm -hmm. And she's at this point actually wedged in between this woman and my cart because the woman is now so close in proximity that she has her hand on my cart just inches away from my son in the car seat and with my daughter wedged in between her. So I scoop up my child. I have her on my hip. I place my other hand on my son and I just kind of start surveying the situation. Like, what am I missing that this feels so wildly uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and, and, and that I need to respond to. And so to your point, she did. She asked if she could hold my daughter and we were so close in proximity that she put her hands out and she only had enough room for the the length of her hand in between her and me. So wow. my daughter at almost three, who's naturally kind of shy, is is trepidatious, but she's 
understanding that mommy is talking to this stranger. Mm-hmm. And so she's holding on to me, but she doesn't put up a fight when this woman actually pulls her from my arms as I'm saying, no, I don't think so. I think her no. diaper is as wet leaves my mouth. My child is being pulled from my arms. She then proceeded to grab her little wrist. She manipulated a little wave. And then she looked down at my daughter and asked her to parrot. Okay. Say bye-bye to mommy. A really wow. bizarre, a biz- I know, isn't it? Deb? <sighs> it's a bizarre statement to ask a child to say. So, so in this you, moment, you've got your little guy in the car seat. I mean, you're, so you're trying to protect both children. You're analyzing what's going on. So now she takes, literally has her in her arms and she's mm-hmm. now going to walk away with her. Well, you're absolutely right. It's a surreal moment for any mother because I'm negotiating in my head now, which child do I, do I tackle say this first? woman or what do I do? Yeah. Like... Who, what, get somebody on the phone. I, I did. I I'm negotiating in my mind and, and, you know, we, we laugh because if you don't, you'll cry, but right in the moment it's surreal. I mean, it's, oh it's God. every heart would have been mother's dying, right? nightmare yeah. that, that we, what do I do? Who's in on this? The whole moment just seems very surreal. And so I'm able to to retrieve my daughter in that moment, obviously, but I have coined the term micro grooming. We've all heard grooming as it relates to trafficking, Mm. but I do think that this micro grooming in the grocery store would have led to a busy mom putting her groceries in the cart in the parking lot and these strangers pulling my daughter from the cart and saying, say bye-bye to mommy. And it would not have triggered any alarms in my daughter because she just had this interaction she's almost your daughter then is just now they're trying to make her feel safe so when they if they were going to abduct her she's already made the introduction of yeah oh and very interesting and you're calling that micro grooming so they're absolutely I, I get it. I get it. So very important term for us. Very important thing for us to think about. Now what's happening at the, so before you get the baby back in your arms and then what happens? Do they leave? Do they follow you? Do you call the, I don't even know where to begin. Like what, what happens next? You, you got the baby sure. girl in your arms, you got your son in the car. What now? Sure. And I think that's the question that every mom would ask, right? So, um, you know, we have to acknowledge that traffickers are actually really savvy business persons. So there's nothing that would have alerted security that something was awry because she has her hand on my cart, which is an indicator that we know one another, you know, it's, it's the, the proximity relationally. The atmosphere that you're, you you knew each other, that she's creating an atmosphere that you're friends. Maybe. Absolutely. So I think it was very calculated. And that Mm -hmm. dawned on me when they left. And because the moment was so plagued with um, adrenaline, I didn't notice what door they left out of. I just know it happened instantaneously that they were gone. And I kind of slumped over the register. I'm peaked. I'm holding my daughter. I'm shaking. And the the woman at the the cashier asks me if I'm okay. And she says to me, I thought you were friends. I thought you knew one another. And that, and I thought, oh my goodness, she's absolutely right. It wouldn't have alerted anybody. And so I begin to explain to her. And to this day, Deb, I don't even know what made me say it other than the Holy Spirit, because I knew nothing about trafficking. Even as an educated woman who had started my master's degree with a mom of four, right? A seasoned mom. I knew nothing about trafficking in the U.S. Very, very... When we weren't talking about it as much back then, 
sure. Right. You know, this now is it's true. Not, you know, now everyone is kind of like trafficking. It, it's, it's become such a, a hot topic because there's been a lot of exposure to it, but you know, a few years ago, I don't know how many we were really talking about this as much. So to your point, I understand that, you know, it's not something that you're seeing on a regular basis or a top, a topic that is uh, being discussed a lot. So you're kind of, so you say to her, I think my child was being going to be stolen, be trafficked. Right. I think she, I think my daughter was just the potential victim of sex trafficking. Wow. I, I had no reason to say that. Right. And so I caught the sharp movement when I said that of a man just over her shoulder and he had a very distinct look. In the book, I call him the tattooed man. Um, a tattoo across the forehead now, but at the time, just very distinct tattoos on his throat, his arms. He was dressed not really appropriate for the weather. Um, he had no cell phone, no reason to be in a checkout line that was closed. And he turned around so sharply when I said that, that it just caught my attention. And his eyes matched mine. And he clearly really communicated to me, if you keep talking about trafficking, you'll be sorry. So what did I do? I became emboldened and I just kept talking. So I race out to my car. I threw my groceries, my emotions and my kids all in the trunk. I make my way home. And that is when I start um, at trafficking research simply because it had rolled out of my mouth earlier, not because I had anything to prove. It right. is estimated that that research and that brief story that I actually just anticipated sharing with my small group of moms at a local um, mom's group at my church. When a mom asked me to make it public so she could share it went viral. It's estimated nearly 60 million people to date have read that story. 60 and, million um, people. Wow. Yes. yes. And, and and when anything goes viral, I mean, you know, um, right. moms for America know you, you get, you're curious, you get your supporters and cheerleaders, and then you get your detractors. And so right. um, that played out, but I got one very interesting um, message, and that was actually from a victim mm. of what who we call the tattoo man in the store that day, who was the the leader of this ring. And um, she confirmed wow. in her, I, I knew the picture before I even read her message. And it was two lines and very cryptic. But after we became friends, I realized um, after I vetted her information, her, her uh, assumption that that man had actually been let out of prison just four weeks earlier before we met in the grocery store. And the reality of what could have happened to my daughter was very, was very real. Wow. So you go home. And and we might ask, why didn't you call the police right then? What, you know, would you have done things differently? We don't know. We 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 kind of just want to get home and get safe. There probably yeah. would have been, well, nobody did anything wrong, quote, right? They didn't. I don't know what would have happened if the police came. Did you end up getting a hold of the police? Um, what was their response? How did they help yes. you? I did. Um and I, I do want to preface this by saying that our family um, has several family members, ex even extended family members who have served our country, who are um, the front line of defense. We back the blue. And so when I describe this story, I can only describe it as my experience and the truth and reality of what happened to me. So I don't want this next part of the story to be misconstrued like we're damning the police but I do want to talk very openly about what happened in my town. Okay. Um, I, to your point, did not really think to contact the police initially because I had my daughter. But as it went viral, I felt almost this indebtedness to my community because 
um, first of all, I was being encouraged to do so sure. and, and I appreciate the police. So I wanted to reach out and if the, it could have prevented it happening to another child. I mean, the reality of what could have happened was so overwhelming that I, I couldn't wrap my head around this happening to another mom or another <sighs> child. So I did reach out to the police. Mm-hmm. It was a very, um, clunky process. Um, and, and follow through and it just kind of went from bad to worse. There were, um, all I can say is that this local police department acted as if the protection of the predators was more important than, than the mothers who were saying this happened to me too. This happened to me. This happened at the grocery store or the mall here or, um, this particular store Mm. and Mothers in our area were starting to emerge with their stories because they felt justified after mine went viral that and emboldened that they could come forward. And so um, I know that mine wasn't the only story, but there started to to be like, because it was a smaller town, lines drawn, people choosing sides, um, this hmm. very calculated PR to kind of discredit or um, overlook the reality of what happened. Mm. And all the while I'm, I'm, you know, convicted You're still recovering by this. from this. Yeah. Yes. But I think too, when, when that virality happened, my husband looked at me and said, Amanda, there's, there's no way that this was a mistake. And I'm, I'm looking th- at this verse in Proverbs, which if we have time, can I, sh- can I read it very briefly? Yeah, go ahead. I'd love for you to do it. I see it. Proverbs 24 here, right? Sure. If you do nothing in a difficult time, your strength is limited. Rescue those being taken off to death and save those stumbling towards slaughter. If you say, look, we didn't know about this. Won't he who weighs the heart, our heavenly father, consider um, what we've done? Won't he protect, won't he who protects your life know? And I immediately went back to, in the midst of my husband's charge, I went back to, um, the, the very well documented American soldiers who came in and rescued the Jewish victims from concentration camps. Right. And when that happened, it's well documented that they pulled in German neighbors to these concentration camps and had them walk through and look at the atrocities that they ignored. Yeah. And I, I just kind of had this verse sitting in my heart, like, won't he who weighs our heart consider when we say, look, we didn't know. And so ignoring this kind of felt like bending low to a little child and saying, you're going to have to find someone else to help you. So this is rising up in me that while it felt traumatic and difficult, that I didn't have time to waste, that this was very sovereign, that it went this viral and that my voice needed to be heard. So I sat across the table in a room um, at the police department and I'll just be very candid with you. They they were rude. They didn't want to shake my hand. Um, I was asked to leave, um, even though I was very courteous and respectful. I was not allowed to stay. But I was there long enough to know that they turned down a sting operation, that the sergeant at the time said that this wasn't happening in our community. That mm-hmm. sergeant was promoted to a lieutenant. And Deb, just um, a few months ago, I was speaking in Orlando. My husband sent me an article. And just that week mm-hmm. prior, um, Six of my friends came out to Longview, came out to this area. They were praying around the city just if for the children in that area, if there was any darkness, that that it would be exposed. And one right. week later, the FBI had been working on a case for two years 
they arrested that lieutenant who said that it was not happening in our community with a 56-page <gasps> document they had been preparing um, that explicitly detailed some very graphic interaction of him soliciting um, a <gasps> nine-year-old. Now, innocent until proven guilty, but um, we're in the midst of seeing that, in at least in this community, the people that were to protect us were turning a blind eye because it appears as though there was some complicitness. Wow. So, How devastating. What an interesting road. Yeah. What an interesting road. And to, you know, just to, to say, thank you for exposing. Thank you for speaking up. Thank you for being a voice for the <laughs> voiceless, because really this is our calling and it is very difficult. I know many mm -hmm. moms that are listening today have been put in a situation where it's difficult to rise up. Your community yes. may come against you. Um, neighbors, uh, whatever may come against you as you speak truth. Mm -hmm. um, but yes. we're not here to, uh, you know, to appease the thousands. We're here to be a voice, to be the light in the darkness. So that's exactly what you did. And I'm sure now that you look mm -hmm. at it, you say, Lord, I wanted to obey you. I wanted to be a part of using this for your glory. Um, cause who would, who would not, but yet in the midst of it, it's very difficult. Now this, this post, so the police obviously were not very helpful, but you then went on to write a book about this. You speak about this around the country. Your post went, what did you say again? Was it 60 million? Mm -hmm. yes. uh, and, and, and was there backlash with that? Was there a challenge even within, um, speaking out on social media or, or sharing the story, uh, to the world? Sure. Um, I, I talk about some specific scenarios that happened in the book. Um, I also address it to the backdrop of my own personal wrestle with rejection, with mm -hmm. having to stand up and stand out. Um, because again, to not do that would feel like looking a child in the eye and say, find someone else to help you, even though this is what I felt called to do. So I, I guess I'll just address one in particular, um, well, there are two really significant, but I will, I'll, that are very fascinating, but I'll save one for the readers and then share one this morning. Again, the but, name of your book, just so we're, we'll tease it right here. Sure. Unraveled, Mothering yep. Fiercely in a World Full of Fears. And you can go right to the website, amandaflow.com to get that. Even okay. to read the first three chapters for free. But <laughs> um, the, um, this particular situation was kind of, kind of mind blowing. Um, I had, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Snopes. It's a very liberal, mm -hmm. um, I, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for, Deb? They, well, they verify. Their, yeah, they verify their truth, supposedly yes. the truth seekers or confirm confirmation authority, but, uh, Snoops have been snooped. That's about it. Right. <laughs> sure. So this is really, really fascinating. I think this speaks to how, um, the there are agendas right now in our culture that do not yeah. stand for children. They actually work against protecting our ch children. And we all know this, right? but never has this been more clear in my own life until I ran across this situation. And this um, particular writer for Snopes formerly, so my story comes out, they cannot disprove it because I had just been on the news the night before to... I guess the night before. And so they cannot disprove it, but they, um, I guess they have a third term they use called 
unproven, I think it is. And mm -hmm. so um, it's kind of this like gray line so that they can't be sued, that they they can't say that I'm lying, but um, they can be very, they can liberally share their opinion. So this writer comes out and says that this is unproven. And then she goes into a exhaustive um, op-ed about how this story couldn't possibly be true. And I'm just a hypervigilant helicopter mom who doesn't know any better. Mm. And she, um, I always I, say, I how dare people say this about the mamas, because this is so <laughs> crazy for somebody else to make some decisions uh, on what actually happened to someone. But, but go ahead. I just had to get sure. that out. It makes me crazy. Yes. I think people can be very brave behind a computer screen. Don't you? Oh, sure. They're the warriors there yeah. until something happens yes. to them or in their family or they're approached uh, and have to actually speak to someone face to face. But all right. right. So they're, they're discrediting yes. you. Okay. So we are being discredited. Um, so I start doing my research. I research about Snopes, how if you go to anything on Snopes right now, there's a banner that asks for money, how they're teetering because they have the gentleman who started it with his wife. Um, we're, we're just like, to your point, computer warriors who just kind of had this as a hobby. And next thing you know, they have this connection with, I think, Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Mm. And so, so then they explode because they are, they're working in tandem with Facebook to discredit things that, uh, to for the sake of this audience that are conservative. Mm -hmm. And so um, they've now divorced. He's now with one of the callers. He was dating uh, essentially prostitutes from Vegas. He He's been embezzling money. So now he's scraping to ask his audience to donate. And this particular writer who wrote on my story used to write, she is a political writer for Snopes. That's her title. You could look her up and her title is political writer. But her previous job was writing for a sex toy company. And her oh, fetish, her fetish is- You can't um, make this stuff up. You cannot is Harry Potter fill in the blank. So I'm thinking to myself, how on earth is this credible? So my the night my story airs on our local station, I get an email, um, I believe it was the next morning, from the woman who interviewed me because her um, supervisor had received it and forwarded it on. And it was from that exact woman berating the news station that they would play such disgusting filth and that they would give credence to this story and act as if it were true. And this woman is not local. She lives in California. So she was she she was um, tracing her steps, making sure that that she could discredit. And that kind of blew the lid off of it when I showed up on the news. Right. So, yeah. I, I think it proves how far people will go to cover up what is happening to our ch children yeah. in the spirit of um, mistruth and dishonesty. And it's, it's yeah. it was, so I, I definitely address that in the book. I definitely address yeah. it in the book. And there's a well, few others, but that's a big one. I do want to encourage everyone to go ahead and get your book, which of course, again, is called Unraveled. But I do want to talk about what God has done now and some of the super cool things that um, you're participating in and in the new group. I can't wait to get to that. But before we move on to um, this conference that you're putting on, tell us about some advice to moms about 
being out in public with your mm-hmm. child, uh, the do's, the don'ts, the things that you learned um, on how to protect, how to be aware. I'd like to get your your insight on this before we move on. Sure. So I give a litany of those in chapter five. I am a little bit different. I was a businesswoman before I was um, an advocate. So I see trafficking through the lens of business. That's kind of a an MO that that I share. And so our our nonprofits, which you addressed, and we'll get to a second, um, exist to mobilize parents to disengage um, traffickers. We make it very, very personal. So our mission, um, I go into exhaustively in chapter five. We also provide a lot of freebies on our website where you can simply um, subscribe and then receive uh, you know, lists of help helps that would aid parents. There are such basic things that you sometimes don't think of. We have 750,000 predators online every second worldwide. So the moment our children get on, there are 750,000 people per second seeking them out. And so your children have what's called a digital dossier. It's something that they can never remove anything that they put online um, and anything that you put online. So I know when we, we send our kiddos to to private schools, but um, they typically send out a document that says, do you have any issue with your child being posted in pictures? And although it's unfortunate and we want to support our schools, um, we always select no, don't put your kiddos on the internet. Don't, if you're selling a home, be very careful to disassociate yourself or to mention your neighbor's home. Um, We talk a lot about not having names on your kiddos' shirts. We talk about certain things you can do when your child is lost, how you can educate them. Mm -hmm. And then we address all of this exhaustively in our nonprofit called Mm VigilantFamilies.org. If you access that, you you can purchase lifetime access to our evergreen content where we're constantly updating because it's a business. It's like Coke and Pepsi. They're always going to try to outcompete one another. It's always mm-hmm. going to evolve. Traffickers right. always want to outsmart you. So for us to outsmart them, we, the, the information has to be evergreen. Mm-hmm. So we upload um, videos from experts and our collaborators all the time. We address it in three different audiences, adult, youth, and child. Nice. We have topics would be, what are the five things that your um, child under five should be aware of? So we cover everything exhaustively there. Plus you can utilize the resource online. Um, I hope I've given you enough just to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the, answer for, your... I just was asking too, now just thought about that. Do you think that they targeted you? Do you think they were watching you? Or do you think this just was a coincidence? Curious. I, I always say that I think I was the vulnerable one in the grocery store that day, not my child. And so, and what I mean by that is I do not think that I had enough an understanding of this, what is truly an epidemic mm-hmm. to um, counteract. And I, I did not have the knowledge I needed. And so that's mm-hmm. part of what we've done now is given those resources to parents so that they mm-hmm. um, can, when they're in a situation mm-hmm. and I'm, and it happens, it does you know, we started talking about micro grooming in the beginning, but I was sent two articles just this week of trafficking abduction. I mean, and that's, that's not an anomaly. I mean, I get these all the time, but abduction is certainly on the rise. And so I think even a year ago when I was doing interviews or speaking, Mm -hmm. the audience was aghast and they're like, Oh my goodness. Do you think she would have walked out of the grocery store? And while I do believe this particular situation was micro grooming, 
I, I believe that they've gotten so brazen that that is happening. Abduction is on the rise and we do yeah. have to be um, prepared and aware because if we are less vulnerable, then our children will be less vulnerable. Perfect. If we are less vulnerable, our children, and that's it. That's all about your home, your children, you protecting your nest um, and really being aware. I think the number one thing that I'm walking away with from this interview is you have to be aware, you have to be watching, you have to be engaged, you have to have your hands on your kids because you just never know when a bizarre situation will come up and someone will try to politely take your child. And I say that meaning politely, meaning just in a friendly sure. way, they are going to mm -hmm. try to manipulate you. And if you were distracted with two or three more kids, the phone, anything like that, in a matter of mm -hmm. seconds, that baby would have been gone. Sure. There was, um, I'll just briefly share this story. There was an article that was sent to me maybe two weeks ago now of a mom who was putting her children into the back of a vehicle. Her husband had left long enough to put the cart in the cart return. And I would like our your audience to look this up because I'm doing it for memory. Um, but either way, I always ask everyone to to check what I'm saying. And, and two individuals were in a vehicle over in the corner of the parking lot. The man watched the woman that he was with walk over and she began to pull these children out of the back of the car. The mom was not strong enough. So she shut the vehicle on this woman who's touching her children and screaming for her husband to come back to the vehicle so that he can detain this woman long enough for the police to get there. But this is in our parking lots every day at a hardware store that all of us have shopped at probably in the last six months. And so, so disturbing there, there had the, the rise of, of um, brazenness is here. Mm -hmm. It's arrived. And so we have to be vigilant. The, mm -hmm. the interview that I um, came across as I was writing the book, a trafficker who is actually incarcerated admitted that it took him less than eight minutes to identify whether your child or mine was a good candidate. And the key vulnerability that he was looking for was lack of strong family relationships. So strong family relationships are one of the key preventatives. We can give a whole bunch of tips and that absolutely will make you more vigilant, but you addressed, and I'm so glad you did. If, if we actually are engaged, intentional parents who are eating around the mm. dinner table, who are doing, right. ev doing everything that the Bible says, right? Deuteronomy yes. 6. If we're doing that first, then we have an incredible advantage over these traffickers right? unequivocally. Let alone praying for protection over our kids, the Holy Spirit speaking to our, our hearts and our minds and just being tuned in, right? That's what we have to be able to be tuned in to what God is doing in our home, in our hearts, in our families and with our children. So um, mm. love your story. Thank you so much for sharing it, Amanda. But before we jump off real quick, uh, how I got to meet you was um, just reading about a conference that's coming here to Illinois. So excited. Mm -hmm. Moms for America is going to be a sponsor and we will yes. be out there in March. So I want you to tell us about the organization Able Moms, ablemoms.org. And um, what your vision is and what God has called you to do, which basically kind of butted out 
of this ministry of speaking and being a light. Yes. When I read that it took less than eight minutes, I thought to myself, well, what family relationship do I know best? But motherhood is a mom of five. And so um, at the same time, there was something happening in the mom ministry world um, that that moms were looking for another alternative um, mm-hmm. to an international mom ministry. So as that was happening, I also came across this article and it just made sense to me that we had to foster capable, unshakable, and memorable moms, capable in their everyday practical parenting, Amen. unshakable in their faith, Amen. and then memorable in their mentorship. What, what mom it. does not want to look over her shoulder and know that she created great memories for her children. So we um, embarked on this ministry. We um, essentially use local mom communities all over the nation. We'll actually have our first international this year. And bring moms together with those three tenets. We do not say in any of our literature that we're an anti-trafficking organization, but most assuredly, that's part of that's a um, an outcome of what we do is that we're strengthening that family unit as a preventative. And you so are talking about really- cultural cultural issues that affects that affect moms, and that's why we've just got such a nice bond here with able moms. Again, we kind of go to the different, a little bit of a different level with Raising Patriots and teaching the Constitution where your organization is on the heart of um, building mom's faith. And so we love that aspect of that and just what you're doing, because this is a faith-based organization, able moms. Right. And we absolutely need both. I mean, yes, I, I think that's why our partnership has been such a natural one. Um, because we attract naturally moms who want to protect their children, who want to support, yes. who, who believe in liberty and faith and um, what Moms for America does too. So anyway, we um, are hosting our first ever mom conference. We wanted to bring not only these local communities all together, but we wanted to bring all moms. So our conference we say is for every mom. It's one day, Saturday, March 4th. You know, we have mutual friends. You know, several of our speakers. Mm-hmm. We are touching on probably every single hot topic than we possibly yes. can. Trafficking, pro-life, um, uh, advocacies, um, infant loss, all the things that, that moms want to know about. Yeah. And so we have to address, we have to address right now. And how do they get those tickets there, uh, Amanda? If they're sure, in the area up. here, come on over to Illinois, visit our booth, yes. uh, get your tickets. Cause there is a, a little bit of a discount we have and the lineup is incredible. So how do they yes. get the tickets there? Sure. They're just going to go straight directly to able moms, plural, ablemoms.org mm-hmm. and um, click on the registration link. They can pick out their breakouts, get tickets, order merchandise, see sponsors like you all there at ablemoms.org. And I'll let you share their promo code. You know what? They help. They have us just going right to the website, and then there is a there is a discount code that comes up right there. So I don't have a special oh, discount good. code because we've we've uh, did it a little bit different. But go to the That's website. Right. That's right. Yes. Yep. Yeah, there is a discount code available now for everyone, including yes. our moms. Uh, you can get your tickets, and then from what I understand, you're going to do these across the country. You're spreading out with able moms, and you're just inspiring. Um, moms in every corner of, of each state. And I, and I love what you guys are doing. Cause if we, Thank we you. say this here too, Amanda, right? Strong mama, strong home. Doesn't mean yes. perfect, but it means strong mama, strong home. And that's what we want. Yes. 
So yes. thank you. I know you're in your car running errands and being super busy and just pulling thank together you. an amazing event. So uh, our team's going to be there and I can't wait to be there. And then again, for all our moms, just check out ablemoms.org. Also, um, uh, vigilantfamilies.org, vigilantfamilies.org, because this is all such important information for every one of our moms. We've got to protect our kids and we've got to raise them up with uh strong values mm. and, and most of all a foundation of faith and hope in Jesus Christ. Mm. I say, and amen. Thank you, Deb. Thank all you, right. Moms for America. God bless Amanda and hi to your team and all that you're doing. We just pray that God um just doubles and triples all of your efforts. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Alrighty. Amazing story by Amanda. Again, check out her website, her book, and the conference that's coming. Uh, I think it's going to be really super cool. Can't wait to meet all those folks in person. All right, here at the end of the show, I always want to remind you to visit our website at momsforamerica.us to check out all of our resources, our upcoming events, and our programs. We have a plethora of information there on our website. I also want to mention uh, about our signature program. I try to highlight this every week. We have an amazing signature program that's called Cottage Meetings. Uh, it's 12 lessons that inspire and educate you moms about America's amazing heritage so you can share those principles of liberty in your home and in your community. This program, along with many other programs like our Healing of America, our Restoring Patriotism, all these great programs we have will help you impact your family in a very powerful way. We say from parental rights to public policy, from the kitchen table to Congress, Moms for America has it all, and we are here to serve you. Also, when you're on our website, I want to invite you to sign up for our weekly newsletter. This is how we communicate with you. This is how we help educate you on topics and programs and issues that relate to you as a mom, help you engage with our moms all across the country. Um, also, if you have an idea or a topic for a podcast, would you please email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net? I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hear your feedback and your suggestions. All right, mamas, we say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you, you mamas, are the heartbeat of your home and the heartbeat of America. Uh, that's why moms are so powerful. They are the greatest influencers. So please um, share this podcast with your, with your mom friends. Uh, share this information and uh, hope to have you back here next week again as we cover new topics and inspiring guests. And uh, as I always say every week, Let's keep changing our world one home at a time, mamas. Talk to you soon.